calling all queens It's time we live out our dreams It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Getting financially free and we healing and hurting It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Loving me and all my queens cause we know we are worthy It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Getting financially free and we healing the hurting It's the year to 30, girl, the year to 30 Loving me and my queens because we know we are worthy Welcome back to another episode of the 30 Girl Podcast. We have a very special guest with us tonight. A very long overdue episode with Miss Terry and Lee. Thank you so much, Terry, for finally joining us. It is a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's long overdue, girl. We were supposed to do this a year ago. And your expertise and your line of work go very much hand in hand with what I do here um, on the 30 Girl Podcast, a piece of what I do here on the 30 Girl Podcast, which is the credit repair side of things. People's number one goal is always to purchase a home. Yes. And I'm no real estate agent, like I always say, but I can give them some pretty good tips. But you are here today, honey, yes. to <laughs> drop all the gems. And, you know, give us the tea. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yes. This is Terry and Lee. And go ahead, Terry, introduce yourself to the listeners. Okay. So hi, listeners. Again, my name is Terry and Lee. I am a DMV realtor with Bennett Realty Solutions. My office is based in Greenbelt, Maryland, but I do serve all of the DMV area. So hi, everybody. Yes. (laughs) Please be sure to follow Terry. Let them know where to follow you at. Okay, so my social media handle is the same on everything. It's hashtag move me next. So that's on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. So very easy. Just hashtag yes. move me next. I know that's right. Google her. <laughs> Google move me next. And let me tell you something about Miss Terry. Miss Terry has been selling every week. It seems like I get on the internet, social media. And there you are holding another great big golden key. Because <laughs> I moved somebody next. <laughs> yes, I know that's right. And you've literally been on the move this entire quarantine. So I know, like myself and, of course, the listeners who, who you know, inquiring minds would love to know is how, how were you able to, you know, still run your business during this full-blown pandemic? Well, the market is hot right now. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of buyers are scared. They're saying, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so right now during COVID times, it kind of teaches people, you know, just uh, to sit still, do nothing. But reality is the wealthy people get wealthier during Mm -hmm. pandemics. Mm -hmm. So right now, the interest rate is currently I've seen as low as 2.5, where just in March before pandemic, we were at four percent interest rate Mm. so it has dropped so everybody's out there buying selling um you know the guidelines are a a little stringent which is where you come in Keisha um but 
um, once you hit that benchmark, I mean, I've had a friend who refinanced it because I'm telling everybody it's not just about buyers. Hey, if you own your home, now's the time to refinance. And I have mm-hmm. a friend who uh, basically passed a message on and was saying that someone saved over a hundred thousand dollars over the course of their, their loan and got a, a lower interest rate. So yeah. it is possible now. Now is a great time to buy. Yes. I love that. And like I said earlier, um, girl, you just don't know, like every one, I, honestly, I think that's everyone's like ultimate goal. Of course we all, I'm not going to say all of us because a lot of us don't aspire to like marriage and children and things like that. But um, I think everyone wants to own a house. Like right. we've, we've been looking at magazines, even the guys, um, you know, they have their man caves picked out. They know what kind of right. how many garages they want. They know what the lawn <laughs> is going to look like. You know what I mean? It's like something yes. that everyone like truly aspires to have is home ownership. So, um, and I think that's amazing. You've been doing your thing. So kudos to you on that. Um, yes, thank you. You're welcome. So how long have you been a real estate agent and how did you get started? So I began my real estate career in 2013 um, when I moved to DMV. I'm originally from North Carolina. So I moved up here um, with the idea at the time that I was going to run a nonprofit. I Mm -hmm. come from the nonprofit sector. So in North Carolina, I worked at a housing counseling agency where I actually helped people purchase their first homes, refinance if they were in distress, all of those things. So I came from the housing world, so to speak, and I moved up here to do that. And um, the owner of the business decided that that wasn't a route that they wanted to take. So the business was dissolved. And um, in the interim of that, I was kind of just working um, front desk at a couple of real estate agencies, because again, that was where my, my, uh, my expertise was. That's mm-hmm. what I knew. So I started seeing these checks and I was like, hold on, <laughs> I'm doing the wrong thing. Yes, like, sir. <laughs> I'm not going to stuff these checks. I'm going to sign these checks. Yeah. So um, I got my real estate license and I, I didn't look back and I absolutely, I feel like it married everything that I love. Mm-hmm. So I'm super happy. And I think that that's why it just flows so well for me because it really is a passion of mine. Yes. Yes. I love that. And um, that was actually one of my questions is, I know in real estate, um, I follow so many um, real estate investors, agents, brokers, you know, just the, the middlemen people who flip the houses. I I really enjoy real estate um, and I can't wait to, you know, dig my nose in it somewhere. I actually took a real estate class. I didn't take the course. It was, I was going through a little bit like things at the time. Well, we'll but, do it again. <laughs> But and, and it may be something I come back to, but you want to know what, mm-hmm. what stopped me. I think I mentioned this here on the podcast before, too, is that um, when I got to the point where I had to work under someone else for like the first three years and like split my money, I was like, uh-uh, oh, not yeah. my hard work. <laughs> and then what, what really messed me up is um, I had started like really doing, I have a whole notebook, girl, like a whole binder of flipping house information like how to be the middleman how to help Mm -hmm. you know flip houses stage houses stuff like that so once I got into that business um and learning that stuff it was just like I don't need this I can do (laughs) I can do all of this with that so right that's just where that's just where I'm at with it but you are a beast (laughs) let me just say that um so I do want you to talk about you know your passion in home ownership and like I said earlier I know 
a lot of real estate agents passion is to get that check mm-hmm. you know that four five um six ten forty fifty <laughs> right fifty thousand dollar check um but where does your passion lie in it you said you're passionate about it is it the people that you want to help um uh-huh. is it just the line of work itself you know seeing different homes actually having first dibs to walk around them and truly assess them what well, part for do you me, love the most um I do I love the people um and and I love helping people so I think that that for me um was the the missing piece mm-hmm. um like even when I went like to college I I studied biology because I wanted to you know help people and at the time I was like oh I want to make prosthesis for veterans like it's, mm-hmm. it's funny to talk about it now but it was like I even as a little girl, I've always had a passion to help people. And, you know, so that's why I'm so upset with Sally Mae, because I'm like, listen, I'm not even doing anything. Okay. You have you have, girl. <laughs> like, but sidebar. I'm literally <laughs> right. Those who listen bar. to the yes. Those who listen to the 30 Girl podcast know that I record in my closet. So I'm literally sitting in my closet right now. And in the drawer next to me is my degree. It's like <laughs> did you roll your eyes the the minute you said that I was just like honey take it you can have her right right exactly so um in that I I realized that uh people were always um happy to work with me because I understood it wasn't Mm -hmm. the fact that okay we got to get you into this house we got to get you clothes everybody all the pressure um, Right. They they are dealing with their individual pressure, but I look at it like every single individual, I don't care if they want a million dollar home or they want a $100,000 home. Mm-hmm. Everybody is in a phase of their life that they need change. You know, whether that's getting married, getting divorced, you know, upgrading, uh, elderly people downsizing, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like a vessel in the moment, if that makes sense. So for me, that is my passion because it's like, it's this moment. Um, and if we have any homeowners on the call, they'll understand what I'm saying. There's this moment when you can look at a hundred houses. Mm-hmm. If it's their house, there's this thing that happens. There's this shift where they walk in. Sometimes people cry. Some people jump and, you know, yeah. they, this is it. This is it. This is it. And it's that individual moment. And it's like, you're helping them um, find the house that they love. Yeah. You know, I, I just helped the guy that was downsizing because he needed a rancher. He needed a one level because he had knee surgery and he was in his 60s and he had this, um, you know, two story house with these grand stairs. The house that he had with his, you know, with his family. Mm-hmm. And he's like, my kids are gone. I don't need this. You know, it's just me and my wife. We just need something smaller. And that was a blessing, you know, so it's just being that person to just kind of hold their hand and say, I got you. And then just seeing them to the finish line. Yeah. So that's what I love. The actual helping people. Yes, of course. And you also love that check. You're not going to need that check. Well, I do love that check, but you know, <laughs> once I get them settled, then I go cash my check. Then you go cash check. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so how has the pandemic affected your business at all? Um, because I'm sure things have slowed down. I mean, of course, you, you've still been selling and doing your thing. But um, like you said, you did mention that um, buyers are scared right now. So what do you think is holding people back from buying? Um, it's it's employment. Um, I, I had, uh, I would say in the last two months, I've had about five to six people 
that I had under contract or either, either, excuse me, in my pipeline to find a house and they got laid off or they got fired. Um, they got furloughed, you know, so, um, you know, without employment, you can't buy a house. Yeah. Um, so I had several people that just had to revisit that and just say, okay, well, I can't buy right now. So obviously, you know, those checks were affected. Um, so it just, and it's taken the shift now on the positive side, cause I like to look at everything from a positive note. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned how to be more virtual. It was one of those things. It was a to-do list thing. Like, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll get this together. Now I'm having more zoom meetings, which yeah. now I'm like, okay, I can function in my day. I don't have to go- drive from Starbucks to Starbucks. Now I can go from zoom meeting to zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. So that um, definitely is a positive um, outlook on it. I do believe that in general, um, the housing market is, is definitely going to to come back and come back with a vengeance because now um, even down to people need more space because people will be working from home now. Oh, yeah. You know, so all of these things are happening. So I, I do say to the listeners, like, get ready because we are getting ready to see an influx. Um, hopefully during the winter market, but we don't know what COVID's going to do. So um, I'm, I'm definitely, I've definitely been affected in that way that people just, some people just can't buy, you know, but the ones that can, they're definitely, you know, benefiting from the better interest rate. They're able yeah. to get larger homes at this time. You know, if you can afford uh, whatever your mortgage you could afford at a 4% interest rate, that mortgage at 2.5 is going to be greater that oh, payment yeah. you're, you're going to be able to afford more house yeah get more house for your more bank for your buck exactly exactly yes. so i love it i can't wait um mm-hmm. for home ownership but um it's one of those things that i cannot wait to obtain you know to say this is mine i'm paying towards something that's gonna i can leave to my family and you know create generational wealth right you know for my family um especially we, we're going to talk about you know the elephant in the room with all of this uh, racial inequality going on going mm-hmm. on right now I kind of feel like home ownership in the black community is something that um, all of us need to experience mm-hmm. at some point in our life and um, if we don't experience it we should at least know it if that right. makes sense because we really don't know anything about you know owning a home or what it takes to own a home and things like that because Mm -hmm. we didn't get that um what can I say that head start right (laughs) right yeah we didn't get that head start yeah and it it wasn't one because we thought that we couldn't we couldn't um and I, I think a lot of people still move working with you know working in the credit repair business a lot a lot of people still move with the notion that it's impossible. Um, right. So I think it's very important for people like you and I who are in different pillars, you know, of the process to explain and, you know, keep them comforted, comforted throughout the process, even before, way before they even get their mind frames in the, you know, wanting to buy, but even after they purchase the home, learning their finances, keeping them up, Right. Refinancing. If, if you're in a mm-hmm. tough spot, your mortgage is too high. I think a mm-hmm. lot of there's a lot of education with that, too. Um, so I'm glad you even spoke on that. And just refinancing your car. Like there are so many things you can do to just lower uh, your payments and things like that. And just like to your point, it's it just generational wealth is not always given um, in other communities is taught. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, for instance, like when I got out of college, um, nobody told me that if I needed to buy a house, um, I needed a certain credit score. And you would think that, you know, oh, you're college educated. Why didn't you know? Because I didn't know because right. nobody told me. And in all those classes I signed up for, none of them was about buying a house. Not um, one of them. Not one. So how am I supposed to know that I was supposed to have a certain credit score? I just was in front of the calf getting I signed up for five credit cards because I wanted five t-shirts. Okay. Like from every so, store. So who's the tell nobody told me this. Yeah. So um and, and I will share this gym too. Um, like we're saying, sidebar gyms. Mm-hmm. This is something that I tell everybody that I run across because this right here was an Oprah aha moment for me in college. I went to an HBCU in North Carolina. I went to North Carolina Central. And there was this white girl that went to um, our school. And um, she went to North Carolina Central her first three years. I mean, we were we we're very close. Like, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like I'm just looking like side eye at her. Like, she was super cool. We, You know, we were very close. And she was a part of our little clan. And she was like, yeah, like my dad told me to go to... Um, you know, HBCU, my first three years, her senior year, she transferred to Duke. Mm. So when you think about it, when it's time for her to get a job, her degree doesn't say years one through three, North Carolina Central. Her degree says that she Duke was University. she went to Duke University. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, that was a trick of the trade. Like, she literally graduated from Duke. She's going to have these Duke accolades. But she has, a, her student loans are a fraction of the cost of what they would have been. She got minority grants on campus. Yeah. Like she got all those. It was never a secret. Like, she was one of, she wasn't, it wasn't a secret to her because for her, it was the norm. She was yeah. like, you know, I'm and just, that's I'm just doing the, Exactly. And that's the head start that I speak of. Um, of course, everyone knows here on the 30 Girl Podcast, we love, we love everybody. We love Absolutely. everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. But we do talk about the reels and the truths and all the teas that go on in the world. And that is something that I think the Black community lacks is education and knowing our rights and knowing what we actually um, can get. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of students who don't even attend college because they assume that um, they can't afford it. Of course, student loans play a big factor, but there right. are so many alternatives to alternatives to paying for college um there's grants there's scholarships um you can fundraise mm-hmm. um even with student loans there are some forgivable student loan um, mm-hmm. programs available so but yeah that exactly that example is exactly is we need to know those inside tips <laughs> yeah and just cultural differences like in terms of real estate mm-hmm. what i what i've seen across the board is that you know uh the African-American culture and more times than not, it's like, okay, you're, you're about to be 18. What are you going to do? You need to get a job or you need to go to college. Something has to happen. You need to leave. Like I, I did my job. I'll holler, mm-hmm. you know, like that culturally is what happens. Um, but in real estate, what I've noticed is a lot of other cultures and I, and I'm not, for, I'm not pinpointing one because it is a lot of them yeah. um, where their children don't leave the house until they're ready to buy a house. Oh, for sure. They're- and they're gifting $20,000. Oh, for sure. $50,000. And oh, I'm like, oh, okay. This is just how y'all get down. You know? I've like, seen- oh, okay. And growing up has opened my eyes to that. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, um, 
I was fortunate. My parents, we we grew up in Charles County. Um, we went to school. We were like me and my brother. We were we were bad. We were bad kids. We lived in <laughs> <laughs> we lived in a pretty pretty bad neighborhood. Uh, I wouldn't say the hood, but it was kind of hood. Um, uh-huh. It was hoodish. It was hoodish. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, and we had started to get in trouble. Like we had started to become, you know, our environment. So my parents mm-hmm. was like, uh-uh, not my kids. So <laughs> they moved us to Calvert County, which is a little more structured. The schools are way better. Um, the at the time, Charles County was predominantly predominantly black. I would say the area that I was in, um, over in Calvert County, it was a nice mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I learned that side of the world, like, like just being around different people and growing up around different people, like mm-hmm. my, the high school that I went to, there were people, students there whose parents were millionaires and, mm-hmm. um, they all had cars and, you know, that's the life that we lived too. Like, it was just crazy, but just surrounding yourself by different cultures, number one, right. different types of people in different different areas makes a ton of difference when growing mm-hmm. up and I think that made all the difference for me because it opened my eyes to a lot of the things that I wasn't seeing early on when I was growing up right and yeah people were getting big brand new cars in high school like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we had a, we had a sprinkle of those in high school yeah. I was like oh, okay <laughs> yes yes but that's the world like and and when you and I hate to get on this subject. We, we got totally off bar, but it, it all goes together. It, it all goes together. But that's what it looks like when you're in those small areas where everyone knows each other. There's not right. a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? You kind of get sucked in to thinking things that are normal for you that mm-hmm. really aren't. So I think it does tie in. It ties yeah. into us speaking about generational wealth. Like, I mean, because we have to acknowledge. Um, as parents, sometimes we push our children out there when they're not ready. Mm-hmm. And we've become a product of that. Yep. We've become a product of being pushed out into the world and we weren't ready. Yeah. You know, so whereas we we were supposed to live a proactive lifestyle because we were prepared and we were taught and we're ready to go out into the world. We live a reactive lifestyle where we're living paycheck to paycheck to pay rent to pay a car note, to pay yep. all these things. Like that's a reactive lifestyle. Yep. So, you know, we have to, in, in speaking about generational wealth in terms of home ownership, um, we need to take a step back and acknowledge those things and say, okay, I do have a reactive lifestyle. How do I change that to prepare myself? And it starts with, like you said, credit repair, mm-hmm. if you need it, you know, I'm monitoring your credit, understanding credit, understanding okay, do I really need to get this? Because if I don't, now this inquiry has to sit on my credit report for two years. Did I yep. really need that for them to tell me no? You know, um, all of those things, like we have to take a second, you know? Um, and, I, and I think that that's really, really, really important because it leads you to, um, because our kids are watching. Number one, that's it right there. You that's know? it right there. The kids are watching. And I always say this now, of course, that I'm, you know, a 30 girl grown woman or whatever um it's like I understand and Mm -hmm. and I think it ain't even it's not even about me being you know a 30 girl and me walking in my passion and purpose or this platform or anything I think it's because of me having a daughter who wants to be 
just like me. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if if I don't show her a better way, then she won't know. So that's right. where it, it comes. Mm-hmm. So if you really can't teach anyone anything that you didn't do. So I want to teach and lead by example versus mm-hmm. telling her how to go back and correct it once she's messed it all up. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. In life. I'd rather give her that head start, give her that crutch, not let her rush. Um, I wasn't rushed out either, but um, I think had I stayed home, actually I went straight to college. So, and I have different views on that too, depending on what yeah, you want to do. Yeah, I do too. I like that that has now shifted. Yes. I like that now we're <laughs> teaching that you can have a trade and make more money Oh yeah, um, in some trades than, than you do in some college, you know, educated careers. I think yep. that that is amazing right now. But you know what? I think back then us millennials were just so gung-ho on proving our parents that we can be better citizens than they were. Like, well, and I think we're that making was our more money. Too. Yeah, like we're making think, more yeah. money. And yeah. The education that that is was broader. Like we, we know more than y'all. So times have changed. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think it was like, let me go to school. Let me be the first. Yeah. Well, and I was actually the first. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, yeah, and that was our parents too because we we go through these phases where one generation fights for the other generation to receive certain blessings. So yeah. for our parents, you know, many of them went to college, you know, but I again, I came from rural North Carolina, very mm-hmm. rural, like cotton field, tobacco field rural. <laughs> so for us, it wasn't very common for our parents to go to college. Like mm-hmm. some of them did. But it was like, okay, I'm working every day so that my baby can go to college. Yeah. You know, like, so it was like, it was not an option. You don't, trade wasn't even a conversation. It was like, nope, you're going, either you're going to college or you're going to work. But either way, I'm fighting this fight so that you can be productive. Yep. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not even using it. Like. (laughs) Yes, that's what it is. But get it how you live it. The kids and the kids always make things better. So just like I'm, I'm a better version of you know my ancestors, my, mm-hmm. my living, my living love, um, yes. my daughter and my nieces, and you know everyone behind us would, ex- they can only excel what we bring to the forefront. Right, we have to make it known. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you can do X, Y, and Z. If I don't finish, here's the baton. Right, for you to go ahead and run the rest of the race. So. Absolutely that's what it's all about and that's the part that I love about you know living now and in 2020 and learning even with the pandemic and you know meeting people and it's just life is an open book it's all in Mm -hmm. what you want out of it um but going all the way back (laughs) to the original question I wanted to talk about you know the pros and cons of home ownership and renting um and I did want to um, I think I was on my way to it earlier before we got, you know, talking about all the good stuff. Um, but I'm okay with running right now. Like mm-hmm. I am completely satisfied. Now, don't get me wrong. Renting now in 2020 versus from when 20, let's see, 20, 2008, 2010 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the past <laughs> 10 years has changed so much I've never seen a market Mm -hmm. go up as much as the rental market 
please explain this to me. Like it, it makes zero sense. The houses aren't changed. The houses are the house prices are staying the same. Like if anything, people are refinancing. Their mortgages right. are getting lower. Why is rent so expensive? <laughs> um, to be blatantly honest, they do it because they can. Uh huh. Um, and that's just the real yeah. because um, as things are starting to get, you know, uh, constructed and built around us, um the land and the areas themselves become more marketable, mm-hmm. you know? So when they build that complex down the street or they build uh, the grocery store down the street, now where you live at is more marketable because mm-hmm. everybody wants to live there now out of convenience. So if everybody wants to live here, why am I charging 15 if I can get 18? And that's what they doing, honey. Let me tell you. Right. You know, or right. Two so- bedrooms. Right. So, so, you know, that's, that's why, and, and I think the legal uh, benchmark and don't super quote me on this is I think it can go up up to 25% every year um, for rentals. I mean, landlords, everybody can charge up to, so that's why they send that cute little letter to say, Hey, your rent's going to go up $25. Your rent's going to go up $50 because they can do that. They can go, but you know, with HUD guidelines, they can't like make it, an astronomical number it has yeah. to be 25 percent or less of, of what you're paying now so um saying all that to say that sometimes buying is not for everybody yeah i'm not one of those realtors that's like hey you need to buy you need to buy you need to buy no let's assess your situation mm-hmm. um and if you tell me you you're going to move to georgia next year well what are you buying for you know yeah. you don't need to buy just the sales you won't have any equity so again buying's not for everybody um, and, and there are some people that just say, listen, I don't want to be my own landlord. If something mm-hmm. breaks, I need to make a phone call. Yeah, I'm fine with that. You know, yeah. and I think that's my case. Um, just to give out an example, I'm a single woman. I have one child. Um, she's a preteen. She's not like even a little child. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, it kind of narrows everything down. Of course, I care about area and schooling and stuff like that, but only about one school, not all three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't care about playgrounds and parks and you know stuff right. like that right. um, and then it's just her and I and I don't mind being on you know in an apartment where I don't have lawn and right. HOA fees and all these added bills so I I, I, I definitely agree with you um, that home ownership isn't for everybody do I want to buy a house? Absolutely um, but it's not something that I'm rushing to do, although mm-hmm. it would save me some money right now um, <laughs> mm-hmm. because the renting market is way more expensive than the home ownership market. Um, I would say that, yeah, I'm just being realistic with it. It's like I'd rather pay that extra hundred, two hundred dollars a month for convenience. Right. To make a phone call. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because that is one of the pros of renting, you know. Um, the only con I would say, or the general con is that, you know, there is no stability there. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is or security or security. Um, <laughs> and I guess that might be the better word, really. Yeah. Um, because if you lose your job or, you know, if life happens, um, you know, if that money's not paid by the fifth or whatever your deadline date is with your landlord, 10 days after that, they can go down to the courthouse. You know, um, so you literally will be 
month to month unless you have that savings in place or, you know, you have that that safety net for yourself or a person that you can call. It's not it's it's not it's not stable. It's not secure, we should say. Um, so that's the only con I would say that I think is just out there. And that's really the conversation. I'm one of those realtors that I have. I have the elephant in the room conversation. So when I sit down with single moms, I say, okay, look, what's, what's the deal? What's going on? You know, what do you like to do? Blah, blah, blah. And they'll say, oh, well, I like to go out. I like to travel. Cause I don't believe in people buying a house and then being a prisoner of their home. You know, like if you buy a house, it's not fair to you that now you have to pay this mortgage and you can't afford to do the things you want. You got to sit there in the middle of your living room and paint your own toenails because you can't afford to go out and get them done, you know, because you're paying all this money. Um, so we talk about that and we talk about the reasons why they want to purchase. And if one of those reasons, you know, I talk to them about the fact that there is security in homeownership. Um, the reality is um, I've listed homes where they haven't paid a mortgage in two years. You know, it happens. So if that be the case, you know, there there is some sort of security there. Harry, I've heard of that. Um, I've heard of some situations in, where people may have missed, you know, one or two mortgage payments. So is it foreclosure immediately after or is there an entire process? Because you did say two years. So, yeah, so there's an entire process. Um, so and I would like to tell all of our listeners that are current homeowners, um, every situation is different per your bank. So I don't want anybody to say, oh, we have two years to ride it out. Mm -hmm. No, it, that's not the case for everybody. Terry um, and I, Lee told me. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> I just had, I've seen that instance. Um, <laughs> however, um, and that's usually in the short sale side. But um, so what happens is you, first of all, your mortgage payment isn't late until 15 days after the actual due date. So let's just say it's due on the 1st, it's late after the 15th. Um, and so then five days, right? Oh, no, it's late after the 15th. no, it's late after the 15th, but oh. then you know, after like you said, around 45 days or whatever, then mm -hmm. you know, you might get immediate calls again. It depends on the bank and their process, but um, they'll try to work with you, you know, like you have at least a 90 day window before they even say, okay, we're gonna put your house up for foreclosure, mm -hmm. then you have an auction date. Even with your auction dates, you are able to call and work with the bank. They'll, I've seen auction dates put on and off the market, I mean, five, ten times. Yeah. Because if you communicate with them, you make a payment, then they pull it off of the auction um, calendar. So all of these things can happen. The bank is trying to work with you. Your landlord could care less. Um, they're trying to get somebody else in there that's going to pay. Um, but your bank will work with you. And that's why I tell all my single parents, you know, my, my, my 30 girls and my mm -hmm. 30 guys, the reality is if you have children, that is a game changer in 90 days, you can find another job. Yep. You know, you don't have in 30 days, a lot can go on. Um, you know, everybody's coming at you. You're trying to figure out what's what. Most of the times you don't even get unemployment in 30 days if you're laid off. Not in 2020. <laughs> right. So 
you know, so there's so many other reasons, the unspoken, because again, the mortgage companies don't want to have the conversation with you about what's going to happen if you don't pay your mortgage, because they don't want to, they don't want to hear that because reality is they want you, they want to they want you to think that everything's going to be perfect. Well, life has never been perfect. We know if for no other reason, 2020 has been the jump off. So nothing is, you know, nothing is set in stone. So if you are ever in that situation, there is a security in knowing, okay, I have a little bit of time. That's not time to sit back, kick it, you know, go on a couple vacations and take a, a rest. No, that means that, okay, if I have to grind it out and worse come to worse, if I have to be administrative assistant or if I have to be a construction worker or if I have to do something that's not even, you know, in my trade just to make sure that I can keep a roof over my kid's head, that is a security that you have with home ownership that you don't have, you know, if you're renting. And I had that conversation because it's real. I'm a, I'm a single mother. It's real. Yeah. You know, yes. and I've been yeah. laid off. <laughs> And it happens. And just as fast as you can get laid off is just as fast as you can find another job. It's just, I think a lot of people lose hope, even in renting. Um, I would be lying through the gap in my teeth. And I don't even have a gap in my teeth. (laughs) If I said that I've never been late on, you know, a home payment. Right. um, Me too. stressed myself out about how I was going to be able to you know, afford where where I'm going to lay my head for me and my daughter. So it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think just having, you know, a solid plan set in stone. And then, um, and I think this comes with age is too, like knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. Once you know yourself and you know what you're capable of and you know how hard, like you should know your own work ethic and more than anything, you should know how to sell yourself. So, and you're going to have to do that with relationships and jobs and, right you know even with the lenders and banks and stuff like that so um sitting back like you said doing a total assessment of what's going on and trying to figure out what what your plan b and c is mm-hmm. whether it's renting whether you're renting a house or you know owning a home mm-hmm. absolutely yes so what are the minimum requirements right now to purchasing a home what do I need to have you know to get me a substantial amount from the lenders um to find you know a a, a decent decent home mm-hmm. in our area let's just say in the DMV area what are the minimum the bare minimum requirements okay to get so, my foot in the door so what we talk about mainly is obviously credit score Mm-hmm. That is um, across the board to get um, a pretty good interest rate is six twenty or higher. Okay. Prior to COVID, people were getting into homes with five eighties, six hundred. Right. I've heard. Um, I've heard. <laughs> now that may come back, and what I would share with people, I would throw this gem out there: if you get into a house with a five eighty or a six hundred credit score, whenever. Pay your mortgage payment on time for six months and refinance that house. Because Con- the interest is probably crazy. Right. So continue mm-hmm. to work with, continue to work with Keisha, continue to do the things that she's telling you to do. And um, just because you're in the house and you've reached that goal, if you got in there with a 580 or a 600, 
you need to refinance and you need to get your credit score up to 620 or higher because that's when that's the benchmark for whatever the the good interest rate is at the time and of course you know that varies but that's going to be the benchmark for what the good interest rate is air quotes so pay that mortgage payment on time for six months and then refinance okay so in terms of paperwork we always teach the two 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 method so you're going to need two years your past two years of taxes you're going to need two months of pay stubs and two months of bank statements so i'm going to break each of those down if you are in terms of your taxes, if you are a, a W-2 employee, mm-hmm. fairly simple, two years taxes, that doesn't get, you know, that's pretty black and white. Um, if you are self-employed, you're going to need two years, specifically your profit and loss. Now, what I've seen, the issue that we run into with self-employed is because everything gets written off. So you've made 100 to 120000 this year. But mm-hmm. you wrote everything off, so on paper you you made forty thousand this year. Oh, so that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. That's the key. So I was like, wondering because yeah. I mean that's what I teach. Even of course I don't do taxes. I'm not a tax professional. Let me say that. Right. But your girl knows some things, so right. everybody comes <laughs> to me. I mean, everybody comes to me right. for the things that I know. And if I right. can't tell you to my best ability, I will transfer. I will give you the information to, you know, a Terry and Lee real estate agent or, you know, an insurance right. broker or whatever right. um, or tax professional. But that's like what I tell people when they file their taxes, especially in the beginning stages of business. You want to be, you know, head over. Right. Head over. Um in your in your loss like you want to show upside down in your business in the first few years Um, Mm -hmm. so what is a good range to stay at 40,000 I I assume that that's not enough income no um I mean if you're self-employed um I I would definitely say um well I mean 50 is not bad but Mm -hmm. I I would say if you can somewhere between 60 to 75 um if you make more than obviously great um I tell people Listen, you might want to take that L, you mm-hmm. know, and and have more on your profit and loss that year and just pay those taxes back. Yeah. Or you, you know, because you're able to qualify for more home, which is more important, you know. So those couple of years, okay, you know, you might have to pay back, but even when paying back, you can get on a payment plan with the IRS and still qualify for a home as long as you have made three consecutive on-time payments with your payment plan before you purchase. Okay. So it's not the end of the world. You know, people are like, oh my God, I'm going to owe back. Yeah, but this is the difference between a $250,000 house and a $450,000 house. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, again, bank statements, that's pretty cut and dry. You work, you get paid, you get a pay stub. You know, not too they much They want to see that you're depositing your income into a bank. And consecutively. Absolutely. So now we get to bank statements because that's another stickler with people. Underwriters are going to look, not only look at your bank statement because people like, oh, they look at the bank statement. My my pay stubs go there. It shows I make money. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. They're assessing how you're spending your money because again, they're looking like, okay, so can you afford this house? Yes, you might make, you know, Twenty five hundred a month or four thousand yes. a month, but if you're spending thirty five hundred and eating out, traveling, and all of that, well, Child. you can't afford this mortgage. My Chipotle and tropical smoothie and Chick Fil A's, right? Is, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> right. And so for those other people that's like, okay, they spend a little bit more than they make, uh-huh. they are going to assess those insufficient funds. Mm. And you will have to explain every single insufficient fund and why. And if you have too many of them, you're now a credit risk. Yeah. Okay. Um, so really quick, do you recommend um, people who are looking to purchase a home, let's just say, give yourself six months and at the top of your six months, open up two bank accounts, use yes. one for your paycheck, all of your bills, minor like spending, and then put all your BS in an, on another card just yes. so it's out of their way. Yes. So if there are any lenders on the phone uh, in this podcast, please turn off your phone now. So, <laughs> so here's another gem. Lenders only know what you give them. Mm-hmm. So you can sometimes shoot yourself in the foot. And what I mean by that is I'm going to give you an example. I had a client who followed my lead. I said, you need two bank, two different bank accounts. So they gave the bank account to, you know, their main um, the, the side bank account was the one that they gave to the lender where they had all the perfect spending and all of that. Cause I mean, life happens. So they yeah. had this one where they were cut and dry, you know, white collar, if we'll speak on, in terms of bank statement, doing everything they're supposed to do. Well, they transferred money from one, their, their regular bank account to this new bank account. So now oh, the underwriter's man, like, they caught they fell right. So now, the, so now the <laughs> underwriter's like, so what's this account? One, two, three, four, did you transfer money from? Yeah. Oh, that's you my other account. Oh, so now we need all that. So now yeah. we need that bank statement too. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh God. So it's just, um, I would say to Keep get it your, completely separate, right. Get your money from, I mean, cause again, buying a house is, I would say like, Six months is a good benchmark, Keisha. Yeah. Buying a house is six months of your life where you have to do everything cut and dry. After that, mm-hmm. do what you want to do. But I mean, pay your house, pay for your house, pay your bills, but do what you want to do. So the point is, if you got to live cutting arrow for six months, that's not going to kill you because you've lived so long doing it your way. Yeah. That's what that's I tell people. Truth. So yeah. if it's six months of, okay, transfer your pay stubs over to this bank account. If you have to go to that bank and do a withdrawal from $1,000 from Bank of America and then drive over to Wells Fargo and deposit it, guess what? Who died in that process? Nobody. Right. That's just what you have to do to but get you into your have, house. You will have a big house in a few weeks. And they can't, <laughs> right. Then close the bank account and move on with your life. Yeah. So uh, another good recommendation is probably to withdraw the cash. Absolutely. If, if just take the money out of your account. If you know you about to go out of town with your friends and y'all going to the mall, then y'all gonna go out to eat and then to the club. And you know us, us thirty girls, we get appetizers, right? Big <laughs> bottles of wine. We we do good at brunch, right? So if you know you ready to show out, go ahead and take the three hundred dollars out out in cash, absolutely, and spend the cash versus you know swiping your bank card over and over and over. Again. Absolutely, and it teaches you a limit too. You take out three hundred, yeah. like okay, when this three hundred is gone, it's gone, I'm done. Yeah, that is a great tip. That is a great tip, and it's also a great tip for just budgeting. Period. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you're not looking to purchase a house, start limiting your purchases on your bank card, where your bank statement. Um, where you can pull your bank statement just so you're not making yourself sick. I know I do. I eat out and I, I've stopped eating out. And even to go back and look at my bank statement at the end of the month to see where I did eat out was just like, girl, 
<laughs> now, did you really need American wings twice in one week? <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Yes, these are some amazing gems. I'm so excited. And I'm sure all of the listeners um, who are tapped in right now um, mm-hmm. are jotting down some notes. Yes. Yeah, so what is really quick, I do want to give, because the majority of our listeners aren't from the DMV, but I do want to give them kind of a feel of what the housing market is here. So interest rates currently are 2.5% for a single family dwelling to, let's see, like a large, larger on the larger side of a single family home. Mm-hmm. What is the the price? Like, what, what do you think the range is from medium to max? Um, Minimum to max. I would say a sweet spot um, for a single family is roughly make some parts you're you're gonna do about two two fifty to three fifty. Okay, and that's the smaller side of homes, right? Told y'all Maryland is expensive. I just wanted Very. her to tell y'all that's, that's, the <laughs> that's really the reason why I did this. I wanted people to realize, and it's crazy because um, you're from North Carolina, you're so, I, rural yeah, so I and country and all that. I went to to college in Charlotte and I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was so much slower and it's so cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, you mm-hmm. get so much more house and land and you know just the amenities in the house are better. It's it's crazy. Maryland is such a rip rip off. So it what's really the max? Is. I know it's a million dollars. Um, let's see. I would say max for, I mean, for a a lower single family, you can get something really nice for like 400 to 450. Okay. I mean, you know, like, yeah, that's like a townhouse, two car garage or a single family, one car garage, you know, decent yard. Um, so right. I think that that's good. And then, and then again, we're also factoring HOA and all that. Cause it's very hard to get anywhere in, you know, metro dmv without an hoa um yeah just just not happening like even in our our in howard county in columbia like they literally have in the, they have HOA, hoa for actual columbia mm. the the right the city has like an ordinance hoa and then each neighborhood has a sub hoa oh, so no. you're paying two hoas yeah that's crazy right so i tell people well why don't you just move out to you know move a fur- move further out because you're literally paying 350 in HOAs. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, just move out and get a snowblower. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <be> fine. <laughs> Trim your own hedges. <laughs> right. Right. So now. Yes. So the golden question of the evening or the hour, let's say, is when did you become a 30 girl? When did Terry become who she is? Um, at what age or what life experience? Oh, child, I might have to breeze over the life experience. Um, mm-hmm. that was the that was that's, a, that's a whole nother episode, yeah, huh? yeah, we don't have that kind of time, <laughs> but um, I think that I've always um been this person, but yeah. I, I was. I went through a divorce. Um, I'll say mm-hmm. that. Um, and that created the whole 30 girl movement for Terry. Yeah. yeah. Because I realized that I had given, um, and again, a lot of my Southern 
um, upbringing came into that. Like for me, what it meant to be a wife was just all these things. And um, submission looks different for everybody. Let me say that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I realized that I had given so much to the people around me where I was just depleted. And, and so it, there was a 30 girl moment where I was just Mm -hmm. like, you know what? I can't be good to anybody until I'm good to myself. And so I realized that I owed it to me. Like after that was just like, and, and to be honest, I shared this with one of my other girlfriends, like my best real estate year was the mm-hmm. year after I got my divorce. I know that's right. The best year I'd ever, I'd made more money than I'd ever made in my career, period. Any job, every job. Mm-hmm. Because I was liberated and I was finally yep. free. And um, I realized that I had to give Terry 100% of Terry and then share that with everybody else. Yes. And it not it crazy how everyone thinks it's selfish, but right. you're more self, I'm more selfish, selfless mm-hmm. in this state than I could say that I ever was. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because I just and don't care at this point. I don't either. And I love <laughs> me so much that I don't give a right. damn if you do or not. Right. And, if, and, and I'm going to let you know that I love me by loving on you. And mm-hmm. if you don't want to love on me back, like just just in, in small exchange, like holding the door for somebody. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm going to hold this door for you because it ain't got nothing to do with you. Do yeah. this for me. <laughs> yeah. And being and, apologetic about your fuse. Like I, at, at this stage of my life, I have a short fuse. And it's not in a bad way. It's a short fuse. Like I'm unapologetic about it. Listen, this is what it means to mm-hmm. be in the world of Terry. Either you meet that or you don't. And if it's not a good fit, then that's okay. It goes for around. girlfriends, yeah. guy friends, whoever. It's fine. Listen, I'm not trying to put a square in a round peg no more. I ain't doing that. Yeah. So if it doesn't fit, go find you a group of girlfriends. Cause guess what? I got my brunch crew and okay. we good to each other. Yes, so, and I can't wait to see you on the 11th, honey. Right. <laughs> I got my brunch crew, so guess what? Like, <laughs> it don't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and, and I love the fact that our group of people, um, I'm very thankful for my friends at this stage of my life because mm-hmm. guess what? I, my friends are grown A women. Listen, yeah. I might not talk to you for a month or two months, but we get up together like, like we just met yesterday because guess what we both realized we got life and family and kids yeah. and I, I can't I, no uh-uh I, I can't I can't be second to anybody else at this stage so that was my 30 yes. moment and I'm happy and I love yes. it yeah <laughs> it's a lifestyle and I try to tell people that um even when I wear like, you know, like, like my 30 girl merch, um, of course, everyone listening, we do have 30 girl merch over on the website, 30girl.org. But um, whenever I wear like my hurt, my hats and shirts and stuff like that out, people are like, but I'm not 30. And I'm just like, it's not about the age. Like I want people to take the number out of it. It's really a way of life because I think at 30, we really become on unapologetically. Yeah. In our twenties, we're really, you know, trying to, be cookie cutters and this life mold and that life mold and trying to figure out who we are. But by the time we're 30, and I think of course in my forties and my fifties will be much more powerful and I'll be much more wild, wiser, of course. But I think the 30 was definitely the, the turning point for me to be like, you know what, this is what I like. Right. And this is what I don't like. Right. 
and this is how I used to be and people walked over me and this is I'm putting my foot down now and right not being um ashamed about it right because I think exactly. we second guess everything that we do thinking like oh what are people going to think and mm-hmm. sometimes you have to be like fuck people right right <laughs> like fuck, fuck them right <laughs> and um that's just it so that's what 30 girl is about and well, that's I love for, it. That I love the for, movement. I really yeah, do. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, and I'm sure everyone listening has, you know, filled their notebooks up with gems. And yes. buy a house. Reach out to Terry. You can do it. If owning a home is something that you, you know, wish to do in the next six months or the top of 2021 get it done and terry and lee is your girl that's right and if you're mad yeah. at me because i'm your cheerleader then i'm okay with that yeah that's fine you'll love her in the end <laughs> right i'm okay with that <laughs> i'm yeah. so really quick before we jump off and then i want you to tell everyone where they can find you and email you at is um for first-time home buyers, single parents military um you know elderly disabled are there special programs for people um who want to purchase a home? Um, yes, there are. And because, you know, you have listeners all over, I'll just be very generic um, and mm-hmm. not be DMV based. So um, first and foremost, I would advise everybody to go to your state's website. Mm-hmm. Um, in your state's uh, website, there should be an option for housing. Um, that's where you find everything regarding the housing, whether it's um, Section 8 information or, you know, mm-hmm. first-time homebuyer information. Everything is there. Um, if you can't find it, then definitely call, you know, your state's office. I mean, don't get discouraged. Yeah. If you can't find an answer, find who can give you the answer and call them. Um, but go to your state's website, find your housing uh tab and in that should tell you what first-time homebuyer programs are out there for your state um what loan programs sometimes people will give you mortgage or your state will give you more um i'm sorry state will give you loans and they will go on as a second mortgage but some Mm -hmm. of those are forgivable um so research all of that and then on top of that go to your county website the county that you want to live in it may not be the county that you're currently in go to the county website of the the county that you want to move into, look at their website, see what they're offering. Now, they might give you a lot of carbon copy of what the state is doing, but sometimes individual counties, they give you down payment assistance as well. So definitely start there. Um, okay. And that, yeah, and that'll tell you any first time home buying classes that will tell you all of the counseling agencies in your area that offer the uh, eight hour course, the HUD eight hour course that will give you the down payment assistance. Yeah. Um, so get that information next definitely get with um create a team so you're going to have to have a lender that you mm-hmm. trust you're going to have to have a realtor that you trust in those people um and when i say trust i do not take that lightly you are getting ready to purchase the first if not the only largest purchase of your life Mm-hmm. So what that looks like is you need to have a lender that knows what he's talking about. Listen, it's it's okay to be kindergarten with this. I tell my people, it's okay. I, you don't buy houses every day. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what you don't know. So no question is a dumb question. And if anybody on your quote unquote team makes you feel like you're asking too many questions, you need to fire them. Yeah. 
That's not and what really, they're there for. And really quick, I want to add credit specialists to her team, and I'll tell you why when she's done. And me, of course. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I. So yeah. And then I'll 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 try to shorten it up. But definitely, those are the things that you need to pay attention to, um, and um, and have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, um, buying a house. Yes, it it can be stressful because you know, you never know what's gonna happen. But if you've done those things that that we're talking about, you know, give yourself a six month benchmark mm-hmm. and start doing there. You you've shortened the process um, so much for yourself. I can't even explain it to you because then you don't have to have the conversation. Underwriting wants you to explain this insufficient fund. Underwriting yes. wants you to explain why you took a thousand dollars out. Underwrite. You you've done cut and arrow. I mean, cut and cut and dry for six months. Yep. And just have fun. Get a team of people that buying a house is fun. It should be. You know, you're in the next phase of your life, so just enjoy yourself. And we're here. Um, yeah. I'm accessible, even if it's a question that you have, and you're you know in Washington State or you're in Arizona. You know, the truth doesn't change no matter who's giving it to you so if you feel comfortable calling me say hey my realtor did this what what should I do I'm going to give you an honest answer Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's best to get a second opinion on things yes from and unbiased from somebody who doesn't know you doesn't know your lender just call and ask a question like hey I was told this and this is what I think about it and let them be like hey they're right and you should see it from this angle or you know just just to open your eyes to different ways of things happening absolutely yeah, and going back to you speaking on building a team, um, I, I would not just because, you know, I'm a self-centered, dirty girl or anything <laughs> like that, but <laughs> um, I would say add a credit specialist. And I'm, I'm saying that because a lot of Very times sure. um, I get people who are in the process of buying a home and the lender's looking for them to add credit to their profile or to have things updated. So you may need a credit person on your team like myself or whoever you trust um for you to for them to pick up the phone and say hey it's still showing an address from back when I was in college or I need to add one more revolving account to my profile to you know add a great mix of um credit so the lenders can give me more money and that is a thing sometimes they do want you to have a a very good mix of credit and if, if your profile is very thin they may ask you to add to it and come back to um the application and that is something that I um, will help you take care of. So feel free to reach out to myself. Um, you know where to follow me at The 30 Girl on all social media. Visit the website, www.30girl.org. Terry, go ahead and let them know where they can find you. I am, again, on all handles. Hashtag move me next. Uh, my email is terry at r realtyllc.com and I'm going to throw my number out there it is 240-547-9985 again it's 240-547-9985 feel free to give me a call and ask me any question or how you get started no matter what state you're in Um, the home buying process is going to be the same so feel free to call me yes Yes, yes, yes. You are amazing. Congratulations to all of the sales you made thus far in this year. Um, if you can make it in 2020, making a dollar out here right now, if you found a way, <laughs> yes. then thank you. I truly believe you are going to be one of the greatest. Oh, thank and, you. And, and the, you know, 
entire timeline. So I appreciate you for joining us tonight. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Yes, you are, Jim. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow Terry at Move with No, Move Me Next. Move Me Next. Let me get her together. (laughs) (laughs) And tune in next Thursday for another episode. Later. Bye, guys. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Keisha Joe. Right now, for free, you can get a credit analysis from me. All I'll need you to do is pull your three bureau credit reports, and I'll send you back a detailed summary of what's needed to get your scores boosted as soon as possible. Shoot me an email at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at 30girl.org to get the process started.